For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about audiences why you need one in 2023, why they're important to you as a creator, and maybe a few tips on how to build one. So, Miss Sandy, why are we talking about audiences today? Because if any of you are trying to create a business, I don't think you have a business unless you have an audience. And that is a constant nurturing and growth and attention. And I think so many people will tend to just go and like try to run their business with the delivery side of whatever they're building, membership, courses, coaching, they'll focus there and they'll forget how important it is that they have to have people out there in the public realm who are aware of their work and sort of nurture that desire for their work. Yes, I think that's exactly right. And I think that this is the part that is hardest for almost everyone that we encounter this side of business. Like most of us are quite comfortable with our craft and making things and remaking things and making more things and getting really excited about making additional things because we're makers, we're creators, we're entrepreneurs, right? We want to go share our skills and share our creations with the world. But then who do we share them with once we've exhausted our immediate, you know, network? That's where it gets a little bit more Mm -hmm. tricky. So I think that that's this concept of audience where it comes in because I think most of us wouldn't think of our existing client base, for example, in the in-person, in-real-life world as audience. Mm -hmm. Like we would think of them as just like our clients or students or people we know or our network. And audience has this like implied other to me. It implies like stand-up comedy and hecklers in the crowd. That's what I think. Yeah, like fans or yeah, crowd of people that don't interact back with us. Yeah. So one of the articles I actually, we were just talking about that I looked at and I was reading about actually several articles before we were recording this podcast, there's like kind of a bit of controversy around this word. Cause I know that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with it because I think if you're not a performer, shout out to our archetype quiz. (laughs) If you're not a performer, like the idea of having an audience of people paying attention to you is probably pretty 
unnatural and maybe not appealing. And then I think because of that, there's some pushback to this idea in the creator economy of building an audience like, well, that's so one-sided. And really what you want is a community because it should be interactive. And like, I don't know how I feel about that. I know how I feel about that. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) I think it's a bunch of malarkey. I think that if we're talking about someone who has an online business and you are trying to obviously make some money and sell something, I don't believe you need to have an interactive audience in order to sell. I think you need to have eyeballs out there watching you and reading whatever you're writing, but I don't think they need to be clicking like or writing comments on a blog, for example. I don't think that is necessary for Mm -hmm. the business. So community where you're having back and forth, I think that's much more important as part of paid programs where you're really sort of the leader of whatever it is you're teaching and you're, you know, helping people and guiding people and advising people. And then the engagement kind of happens there, but I don't believe it's necessary. It'd be great if you had it in your like public audience, but I don't think it's an absolute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you actually. And as you're saying that, you know what, it's just making me think about Patreon and this idea of like how Patreon was created to help creators, particularly YouTubers monetize And like you have your audience on YouTube and then you have your patrons, right? So the people who want to interact with you Mm -hmm. are paying you for that through a platform like Patreon or shout out Marvelous. Like it's just this idea, like as a creator, you don't have to give that interactivity away for free. And in fact, once you get big enough, it's impossible to scale that, right? Like you can't respond to every comment that you get on social media or on a platform like YouTube or on a blog, if you have a large enough readership or viewership, like it's just not Mm -hmm. humanly possible. So that's why we create these structures of paid offerings in order to allocate that interactivity to people that are paying for it. And I think early on in your business, obviously, when you have zero followers, then you get your first follower, then yeah, that can be interactive. (laughs) It's like, it's interactive up until the point that it isn't, right? Until you get to a certain size. And I think our argument in this podcast episode is that you want your audience to be big enough that you actually can't interact with them because you want it that big, ideally. Yeah, but I mean, I would advise our clients not to even worry about that, like just to constantly crank out really amazing, great, free, highly valuable content so that the Mm -hmm. audience, and when we say audience, we're talking about like your email list and all your social following basically. So all like the non-paid clients, well, I guess the paid clients are also in your audience. They're all watching, right? But Mm -hmm. like, I think the focus should just be on the content that you are putting out there in the world to attract the people into your audience who need to be there. And whether they interact or not, I just, I don't think it's very important. I don't think it's a measure of you or the quality of your work or how desirable your offering is. I don't think it's anything. It's just, it's just dead neutral, whether they engage Mm -hmm. or comment or like or share or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, at some point it's not relevant to your business. Like I'm thinking about like once people are really quite big, like someone like Brene Brown, her audience is like, there's going to be a percentage of people that interact that do that. And then there's going to be all the people that buy her books and watch her Ted talk and whatever else that don't interact and are just kind of lurking in the background. And that's just fine. They're just as valuable probably to her, her brand and her business as the people who are like, yeah, 
commenting on her posts on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. So I think like that just is what we mean by audience. That's Mm -hmm. a long, (laughs) long road to say that, but it's just this group of people that are paying attention to what you're doing. They're reading, watching, listening, something about you and your brand and your kind of thought leadership is drawing them in and causing them to come back for more. And that's what you want. Yeah. I think the purpose of this episode is to change the conversation around engagement to like, I need to grow my audience, Mm -hmm. right? Like the bigger, like zoom out, the bigger concept of like, how do I get more people to read, watch, discover me? You know, how do I grow this audience so that when I go to sell or launch my next paid offering that there are people who are ready to buy? Like that is it. That is the entire reason that you want an audience. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you're an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. It all leads back to that. It all leads back to money in the bank, I would say for sure. So yeah, we can go through Sandy. We have a five kind of five factor little list here of why it's so important to grow an audience as a creator. And we can just kind of talk about this. And yeah, that's the first thing is promotion. You want to have an audience of people there and already paying attention to you so that when you're ready to sell something, there are people ready to buy it, right? Because they don't have to go through that exercise of encountering you and your brand and your work and then also evaluating your offering at the same time. Like they've already done the first half of that. They already know who you are. They're already paying attention. They already have like decided that they're going to either be interested in you or trust you. And then they can decide whether the offering is right for them. It doesn't have to all be part of the same decision process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that too many people forget that step and they just go to building or creating or, and then like they go go to sell it and there's just like crickets. There's nobody there. So even if you're not really like quite ready to launch something or put something up for sale, that this still, this audience building component is still equally as important, if not more. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then the second element that we wanted to talk about is engagement. And I know we just talked about how community and engagement are not necessary for your overall audience, but engagement is really powerful with that sort of first group of people, that first initial group of people where it's sustainable for you to interact because you get feedback on what you're making, right? It helps you to know if you're making something that resonates with people. And I think that that's really, really helpful. That's obviously like a huge part on the creation side, on the product creation side of what we teach inside our Luminous Launch Formula and our Luminaries program. But like having feedback from people is so helpful when you're early on in your business because like does this content mean anything to anybody else? Like, should I keep going in this direction? You know, if you are an artist and you are like literally birthing something new in the world, you may encounter a situation where what you're making is like, people don't know what to do with it. Like, but that's so rare that someone is making something so outside of the box and so new and so shocking that there isn't like a receptive group of people there that sort of understand it and can give you feedback. Yes. But I just, again, if you have a small audience and this is, you've put something out, you've put a piece of a blog post up, for example, I also wouldn't get too upset if nobody says anything. Like you may not get the feedback and that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's not right. You just keep going, right? You just keep going. So I just want to caution people to think those that are in their early stages who aren't getting any kind of engagement, like don't stop, right? Just don't Mm -hmm. stop. So it's great. Like I agree if someone like commented, I would always comment back, right? Like you would react to that. But if they're not, I don't think like 
the world is not ending. Yeah. And it just can help you though, get some ideas of what you're saying might be controversial, you know, what you're saying, whether it is something that really touches someone's heart, like you might not know that before you put it out there. So when you're making something and you do get feedback, those are really helpful breadcrumbs to help you in like deciding what direction it makes sense to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay. The next element we talked about was trust. So, you know, we've kind of alluded to this one already, Sandy, like why is trust so important when you're building an audience? I think trust is like, that's like the social credibility part. Like the fact that you've obviously put some thought into this, you've got some podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever it may be out there. They can sort of peek into your mind and your thinking and your way of approaching whatever it is your teacher coach on and like, okay, I get this. I understand her. She is the person for me. She is the teacher. So it's like almost like being able to preview a little bit of the work and that increases the trust. Plus you're a legit person. Like you've got Mm -hmm. some history and, you know, a track record of what you've been doing on the internet. You're not just some complete stranger. Yeah. And I would say also like oftentimes the social proof that goes along with that record on the internet is also helpful. Like as much as we might not like it, seeing the fact that other people are following you, it helps people to know that that's an, like a legitimate thing. It helps people right. to feel safe, whether that makes sense or not. Like there are entire startups that have been made around like little pop-ups that show someone else signed up right. for this offer, right? Like it's a whole, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing that as it's like part of our human psychology is like to follow the pack. And so if you are out and you're putting your stuff out publicly, your thought leadership, your work on the internet, and then there's there's evidence that other people are paying attention to it. That just further helps you to be seen as credible. Right. Or better or worse. Okay. So the fourth element we wanted to talk about is accountability. This one I feel like is really helpful for someone like me. So when we're talking about accountability, this is this idea that you have a relationship to your audience where you have publicly said you're going to show up in a certain way. Like if you put a blog post out every Tuesday or a podcast episode or YouTube video or something like that, like you start to have people that are waiting for you to deliver your content. And I think especially early on, again, this is so helpful to know if you're like, oh, I'm tired this week. I don't really feel like recording a podcast, but you have this accountability to someone outside of yourself now, right? Once you've started to build an audience, you have a group of people waiting. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Right. You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard, and overwhelming. We know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a program that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience of raving fans that can turn into paying clients. And side bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. It's like, this is where women should just lean into this, like nurturing, I take care of everyone kind of thoughts and beliefs. Like you got to take care of that audience and they're expecting your content, your weekly content. So go and deliver it and just don't let yourself off the hook. But I love the idea of like 
imagining like a legit audience out there, like drumming their fingers on their table, waiting for that podcast to drop, right? Like that's how you Mm -hmm. should approach it and want to serve and give this really like amazing content to your audience each week. Yeah. I love that idea. Like the idea of people waiting for Taylor Swift's album to release. Like refreshing, refreshing, (laughs) refreshing. Yeah. I mean, and that's really like, I think that for me, that's what I want everyone to feel about their work, right? Like this is my, I feel like this calling to share this idea is that like you want to be producing work that you're excited about and proud of and that like you are thinking in your mind, there is a group of people here waiting for me to hit publish Mm -hmm. and waiting for this to show up for them. And then you will do work from a different place if you think like that and operate from that position. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then the fifth and final element we wanted to talk about related to why you should build an audience has to do with sustainability. And this is really kind of tying it all together, right? So this is this idea that in order to Mm -hmm. continue to have a business, to sell more things to more people, you kind of need that audience, like new people, new eyes, kind of constantly refreshing in your business, whether you know, like ideally that audience is growing. And if it isn't growing super fast, at least it's like kind of refreshing and people who are done are leaving and new people are coming in. And that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Which again is like why we talk about audience so much is for that reason. Like if you have 30 people on your email list and 10 people on Instagram, and you just constantly talk to those same people and try to sell them the same thing, there's no business there, right? Like you need to have this like flow of new people who are, they may be at different stages with your business on your ideas, but you have to have this new flow of people into your audience so that each time that you sell, there are people who are like, oh my God, this is perfect. I'll totally take that. Thank you very much right? Mm -hmm. That is the sustainable. This is what you always say is like the predictable, sustainable business is going to come from you doing the work to build an audience, which comes from you consistently putting out incredible content each week. Yeah. I think that that's a little bit of a mind. I don't want to say the word. (laughs) Like it's a little bit of a mind twister because like the work that really grows your business is not what seems like is growing your business, right? Like we get really high, we get high on launches, we get high on like big cash infusion events. Mm -hmm. But like the reason those things happen is because of like the random Thursday morning when you're sitting there slogging away in a blog post, like that you see no immediate results from like for years. Right. (laughs) That's where those big launch numbers come from. Right. Yeah. And I think that the mindset, like you mentioned before, like for you to actually show up and produce each week from a place of accountability and I want to take care of my audience, that is key so that when you do those launches, you have the success. And I cannot tell you the number of times, well, one, I can tell you because you've been there with me, but people like get so excited about this thing that they've just built and they just like announce it to the world. And they're so, there's a lot of entitlement about like, this should be selling because it's so good, but mm-hmm. there's nobody who's listening. It's like the crowds mm-hmm. have dispersed. Right. And so mm-hmm. we just really want to emphasize the thinking for each of you around who is in my audience, how many people are joining it? What do I have to do to get the new people into the audience? And just really see that just as equally valuable or crucial to you doing the delivering of the program or creating the program. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what this is making me think? So 
I'm just going to say this out loud. I feel like if you do the work, if you think of your job as being a creator who's producing free content on the internet, and that is your actual job, what you make to sell and how you make it and what kind of shape it is and how much it costs, like it's largely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like you can make money from such a diverse array of choices. Like it's just actually doesn't even matter if you're focused on building and nurturing an audience of people and serving them for free. Mm-hmm. Like all of the rest of it is really just like, then you kind of have, I mean, it matters and there's ways <laughs> to be strategic about that, which we teach, but like, For the most part, your job as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and as a creator is to literally show up and do this work for free. Like that's your primary job. And if you can start to think about that, it creates so much freedom for you because you don't have to think about the uncertainty and the pressure of, am I going to make something that's going to take off? Like, is this thing going to go viral? Like it doesn't matter anymore. No. It's totally up to you. You can choose to make this work. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. I think it's just a mod, like nobody talks about it in these ways. So for those listening who maybe are new to us, like you have to, like we always lead by product, right? Like the product, I'm going to make this thing and it will sell, but we have to flip that in the online world. And like, I'm going to build the audience from my brain, from my thoughts, from my ideas and my experience and my knowledge and my expertise. And then I will sell to that audience. And the ease with which that happens is like a thousand times more than leading with the product first. Mm-hmm. I got an idea. I'm going to go make this. Yeah. I wonder how that ever happened. Like, I guess here's how it happened because that used to be what worked. Like all of commerce was like commodities for a long time, you know, like almost all of commerce. And I think that I don't know that this is true, but in Jenny's brain, this is how the world is working and how the economy is working is that like a bigger and bigger percentage of the economy is more non-commodified, right? It's more like non-essentials, like as human species, for the most part, Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. daily needs are taken care of. And so we don't have to think about like, am I going to go mine salt or whatever? Like, We are thinking about, we have like the freedom and the luxury of free time and the opportunity to be like, do I want to make art or do I want to write or do I want to be a yoga teacher? Or Like that is so unusual in the span of human history. I feel like to have these chances to be like, how do I want to make money? Like, it's not just, you know, your dad was a blacksmith and now your your husband's a blacksmith. And now, you know, like that's how it used to be. You didn't have any choices. And now we have this like, incredible creative freedom. And so we're like, oh, what do I want to make? But because of that, we have to do the work of being an artist, which is like gathering a a following and like a group of patrons and whatever else. Like that's a different job than like showing up and like hammering steel. I don't know how you do blacksmithing, (laughs) burning something, torching something. Like that's just a different job. It's not about doing the work for X hours a day. It's about this idea of like honing a craft and practicing and getting better and drawing a crowd and gathering people. Like it's a very different way of making money. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Agree. It's all like privilege and comfort comes from privilege and comfort. Yes. It's very Downton Abbey. It really is. That's we're all living in Downton Abbey. We just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a mind twist. <laughs> all right. Let's do join hustle. Okay. I will do the joy. So. Okay. I spent the weekend at an event for a YouTube channel that I follow, like a gathering 
which was a paid gathering. Again, build an audience big enough and you can do whatever party you want, make money off of it. Brilliant. And on Saturday, we did a huge volunteer event and it was like 120 families. And we all came together and volunteered in a food pantry and packaged meals for, I think, 30,000 people. Like it was like really tremendous. And it was just a few hours and there were little kids, like two and three-year-old kids helping all the way up to, you know, people much, much older. And it was just, I think because of the pandemic, most of us aren't used to these kinds of like in-person, face-to-face, like large gatherings. And it felt so good. I haven't done anything like that in so long. Like all of my charitable activities have been just giving money for so long, Mm -hmm. which feels, I know money helps as a former nonprofit worker. Money to nonprofits is very helpful to those nonprofits, but there's just something about like getting yourself dirty and mucked up and like physically laboring in community. And I, it was really, really special. And I probably pulled apart, you know, 3000 plastic bags for like bagging produce. And that's all I did for like three hours was like tear apart plastic produce bags and my fingers are all numb from it. (laughs) It's great. That's so cool. And where was that? It was just outside of like Sedona, Arizona and Cottonwood, Arizona at one of the largest like food donation facilities in the country in the U.S. So it was cool. It was also cool to see like logistically Mm -hmm. how this like small group of people in this very rural town have like solved this problem of delivering food to people. And it's really impressive. It was great to be part of it. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a good weekend. Okay. I have the hustle and it is the program that we offer called Visible. So directly related to what we were just talking about. If you're thinking, oh, that totally makes sense. And I want to build my own audience. This is the program. So you can head over to anshe.co slash visible. It's super short, really like condensed teaching with lots of content, a lot of templates to make this very simple for you. So it's, I don't think this is all from Jenny's brain and the way she teaches it is brilliant and easy. And the clients in our existing programs that do it, they're doing the work and they're seeing their results and they feel it truly does simplify their business because they don't have to worry about any other marketing or paid ads or whatever. It's like my focus, my job is to do something every week and start to gather this audience around me. That's it. It's so simple and so good. It's extremely liberating and it's both of our brains for the record. And if you haven't done it, I would say like out of everything we've ever made, this is the thing that I wish I had access to early on in my like online business journey. It would have changed everything, Jenny. Yeah, everything. Like we would be so famous on YouTube right now. We would be... We would be like Mr. Beast. We would be that. Mr. Beast. Can't be that great. I've never heard Mr. Beast. Oh my God. Sandy, Google it. It's like the biggest, he's like the biggest YouTube star. Oh, all right. (laughs) Sandy's son is too old to know about Mr. Beast, but my daughter is not. She's barely not too old. So anyway, for the record, we would literally be the most famous people on YouTube. We would have our own Netflix and series. Like, we'd be so we rich. Would, we would be so rich. We would have an entire line of like clothing. We would be on the end caps at Target. Like that's this how like, it would be. This is like the promise from Visible <laughs> is like, take this program and you will be the most famous on earth and have your own line at Target <laughs> and a Netflix special. Yeah. Well, life. honestly, <laughs> like if we had known this back in like 2015, 2016, 
it would have literally changed everything because there is like a little bit of a cumulative effect here, right? As a creator, right. you're putting out content every week. Like it adds up over time and it sort of snowballs. So right. we still got to podcasting early, Sandy, but I wish that we had figured this out sooner, but we figured it out at least. And we're giving it to all of you on a platter for one low lifetime price. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. It's so great. So anshe.co slash visible, all the details are there. Check it out if this makes sense to you and will fit in with your business. Of course it will fit into your business. Fits it into will. all business. All businesses, all business. regardless of what they are. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.